0: So it is a must. We cannot do anything here on this edition of Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai without first saying a very special happy birthday to the GOAT, Larry Fitzgerald, who turns not 37 years old, but MJ, 37 years young.
1: Yes, and he's going to his 17th season. So that means he was drafted at the age of 20 maybe um, and then turned 21. Uh, that August, so you know he's a guy that obviously um, was able to work the system in college football. You usually got to be three years removed from high school, and he goes to a Forge Academy school. It goes to Pitt for a couple years, and the rest is history. Now I texted Larry this morning wish him happy birthday. You know he says to me, thank you, Mike. You have a great
0: day. <laughs> At least he was polite about it. <laughs> At least you weren't Brett Hundley, who earlier today said, "quote He's an old man." but he's still balling. He is balling.
1: And like I said, I think the offseason has helped him and some other guys, maybe they're 30-plus, you know, guys like Corey Peters and, you know, obviously some of the linemen you look at, you know, I'm not saying Justin old, but, you know, just a wear and tear. And I think it's really going to benefit this team going into the season. But the fact that Larry's still doing it at a high level is remarkable.
0: Well, the only one who can come close to Fitz is, well, his former classmate at Pittsburgh, Andy Lee entering his 17th season in the league. I think we kind of all forget about him, just one, probably because he's a punter, but, and he hasn't been here as long, at least with the Cardinals, than Fitz. But Andy Lee is up there as well.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned him. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably not his birthday today. <laughs> that is true. Um, remember when the Cardinals had, like, Andy Lee and um, maybe it was uh, Jay Feely And you're looking at how many guys they have over 35. (laughs) And it's so misleading because usually a long snapper, if you're Aaron Brewer, you can last forever. If you're – obviously the Cardinals have a young kicker in Zane Gonzalez, but sometimes those numbers can tilt the scales a little bit. Usually the average age on a roster is like 27, 26, depending on, you know, obviously how many guys have over 30. But, uh, you know, Andy Lee is a weapon. And when we're not talking about it, it's probably a good thing.
0: Yeah, usually it's specialists – and now we're seeing quarterbacks as well that can play up into their 30s, their late 30s, and if you're Tom Brady, into your 40s as well. It's highly unusual to see a wide receiver outside of a Jerry Rice playing at the age of 37. And playing at a high level. True. I mean, the guy doesn't drop the ball.
1: Um, you got to think he's going to be uh, you know, either in the inside or outside uh, come week one. We know they found an ex-receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, so – Yeah, it's just, you know, I just marvel and, you know, I think we're lucky to watch him. I hope people don't take it for granted.
0: Well, and how about this? He was given today off, we assume. He was seen during the open portion of practice, but not participating. Although, as we've seen when he's had these days off, MJ, he's always with his position group. He's either tossing the football, he's either pulling a player aside. He is always around, and we even saw it during the red and white practice, and you might have seen it as well on 12 News when it re-aired on Saturday night. He's behind the offense, and you're talking about not the first team when they're on the field, second team, third team. He is looking much like a head coach would, standing behind, five, seven yards behind the offense, looking at what they are doing and offering encouragement and offering constructive criticism when needed. And
1: why wouldn't you listen? Now, again, he's going to stay in his lane, uh, but obviously he knows the game like like the back of his hand. And I think the play you're referring to was probably when Eno Benjamin was running wild. And, you know, Larry's, he likes every guy in the locker room. But, you know, you look at a guy that, that obviously played his college ball here and, you know, obviously he's fighting for a roster spot, even though, you know, depending on how many they keep there, him and D.J. Foster. But, you know, you, you can just see Larry, he's so excited. And, and when, when a guy like Andy Isabella catches a ball or Keyshawn Johnson or Keem Butler, or even Trent Sherfield, he goes over there and gives them, you know, you know a high five or, you know, they'll do the hip thing, uh, you know, obviously social distancing, so to speak. But, you know, it's just he's rooting for his teammates. It's not like, you know, it's all about Larry Fitzgerald. It's the opposite.
0: It's almost like he gets more joy out of seeing his teammates' success than his own success. Good point. And that's something that you see out of players and even business people and outside of the professional ranks because there are people like Fitz who are great at what they do, don't like talking about it, don't like being highlighted for it outside of, you know, extreme honors like all decade or the top 100 players in NFL history yet their biggest smiles their biggest reactions happen when a teammate makes a good catch a teammate makes the team an undrafted rookie free agent who makes the team that is when you really see Fitz I wouldn't say at his best but that is what he likes to see as opposed to hey look what I did today
1: well, just look where his locker is. I mean, Trent Sherfield. you know, he, Michael Floyd was down a little bit further. Jerron Brown, undrafted free agent. And he, he roots for these guys just like a first-round pick. Um, yeah, it's just – it's remarkable. And, you know, obviously they say you lead by example. But, you know, he, he's – I mean, he's, he's like the compass. I mean, he's got a really good pulse of this football team.
0: So, in addition to no fits during the open portion of practice today, we did not see DeAndre Hopkins – Should be mentioned that he was on the practice field on Sunday during the open portion. Kenyon Drake has now missed six straight practices. Kelvin Beecham and Corey Peters not seen during the open portion of practice. Those two might be like fits given a veteran's day off. And some good news. Tied in Max Williams, who has missed, I would say, roughly about two weeks of practice time, was participating during the open portion of practice. And here we are, MJ, with two weeks this week and next week ahead of the regular season opener. So good to see Max Williams participating.
1: Yeah, he's going to be a big part of this offense. You know, we, we can sit here and talk about Dan Arnold, obviously a small sample. And I think everyone's excited with his upside. Um, we'll get into what Brett Hundley said about him. But Max Williams, you know, I refer to him as a meat and potatoes guy. They're going to need this guy. And You know, if they're going to go 11 personnel and that means you're only going to have one tight end on the field, they can throw out of it, they can run from it, and we'll get into Sean Coogler's comments because this team wants to run the football this year.
0: Well, and we heard Kingsbury say earlier in training camp when asked about Williams and the time that he was missing, he called Max Williams the cornerstone of this offense, and I've heard Ron Wolfley discuss it as well. Not that If Max Williams is having a good season, then the Cardinals are having a good season. But just what you talked about, within the offensive scheme, he is such a focal point. Maybe not catching the ball, but certainly in the blocking and also running routes, as far as being targeted or at least taking some attention away from someone else.
1: Yeah, and, and if you want to go three wide, I mean, we talk about whoever that third receiver is, likely Christian Kirk, you're going to draw possibly the third corner if teams are going nickel. You may draw a safety or a or, or linebacker, and he's really good protecting the edge if, if the Cardinals want to go spread teams out. Um, you know, he can obviously chip uh, maybe a defensive end or a linebacker coming off the edge, and then he can release for a pass. And he's he's very durable in the passing game. You know, we kind of poked fun of him, and he lost the ball in the sun last year. I think the Cardinals had like two or three guys lose the ball in the sun, um, but obviously for the most part. And, and you could tell what the organization thought about him by giving him an extension. So, you know, we're seeing guys, you know, mispractice here and there. I think when we get to next week, uh, maybe over the next couple of days, you're going to see when it comes to the injury report. You know, you got a list of guys, you know, obviously has any ailing injuries, but I think when when we get to next week, you're going to see everything get ramped up even more.
0: Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit slash app. For more Cardinals training camp powered by Cox, as we come to you from State Farm Stadium here, the final full week of training camp. The Cardinals are due to break camp on Thursday and then get ready for the regular season. And speaking of that, we do have some roster moves that we need to touch base on. And there have been six players since our last show, MJ, that have been released, including three cornerbacks, which I think says a lot about where this team believes they are at that position. But the six players let go. Cornerbacks, CW Webb. Zane Lewis, and Jalen Davis. Also, tight end Ryan Becker, offensive lineman Stephen Gonzalez, and defensive lineman Adam Schuler. The Cardinals roster right now stands at 74. They need to get to 53 by this weekend. Saturday specifically is the day. And then, of course, you can start looking at practice squad and then getting your roster set for week one. But the fact that there are three cornerbacks released, you now have seven healthy cornerbacks on the roster led by Patrick Peterson so they did flood that position I'll steal your phrasing MJ and now they've kind of figured out okay who do we like who can we count on and who perhaps maybe can be a development either later this season or perhaps maybe even looking down the line
1: well if you look at the top three you got Patrick Peterson you got Byron Murphy and you know, just based on what you're hearing from Vance Joseph and you're hearing from Drake or Patrick, it appears that he's going to be the uh, the day one starter. Again, the depth chart will come out next week. We're kind of speculating, but based on conversations, I think they're leaning that way. And then we look at Chris Jones. He's got good size, good plays on special teams. And then Kevin Peterson. And then you got Jace Whitaker, where maybe he's a guy you try to slide on the practice squad because when we talked to Vance, yes, he was getting valuable reps here, but it was a, you know, a. What was the word he used? Vance Joseph referring to Whitaker?
0: He performed well in a controlled Controlled environment. environment. So, So, (laughs) in other words,
1: what we were asking him to do, he did well, but we're not going to ask him to do that on game day because everything is going to be, like, going 100 miles an hour. So, you could see, again, do they keep five corners? Because you got to have some guys that play on special teams, you know. And Byron Murphy obviously plays on teams. Uh, curious to see if Kirkpatrick plays on teams. We know that Peterson, Kevin Peterson, and then Char- uh, Chris Jones play on teams. So do they keep five there and four safeties? They keep four corners. Try to slide somebody on the practice squad, or you know. So it's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be nine in the secondary. Now it's a matter of four or five. And Craig, you know, I was doing stuff with uh, Darren Urban last week, and. I always talk about this time of the year, and really I think it's more prevalent this year. I think going to camp, you kind of have an idea who your top 48 to 40, 45 to 48 players. Now it's a matter of, you know, it's a numbers game. How many running backs do they keep? Do they keep three or four? They try to slide one in the practice squad. How many wide receivers do they keep? Six or seven, where we only see five or six on game day. How many linemen will they keep? Usually you want to go heavy there, nine or ten. How many tight ends make the roster? you got to think three. So I think those five to last seven spots are going to be guys that are adept. And we talk about how much it means to Jeff Rogers and Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime to get these guys. So I think they have an idea. Um, and Cliff made a really good point over the weekend, and I didn't think about it. And maybe that's not the case this year because we didn't have any preseason games. Because, you know, you got to always be leery of releasing players because another team can bring them in and start picking that their brain. And that happened with Charles Knopf last year. So without a preseason, I do think the Cardinals will obviously search the waiver wire but I anticipate they would like to have a few of these guys. If not, I wouldn't say the majority. I think they want them back because it's one thing to claim someone, and then all of a sudden they got to learn your system. These guys have been here, whether it was virtual, um, on-field, strength and conditioning, ramp-up, training camp. They know more about your system. So I, in previous years, let's go back to last year, Cardinals playing five guys because they had the first waiver claim, and some of these guys came in and contribute. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but obviously you don't have the scouts at preseason games where maybe a team has a really you know, young player who's got more upside, so they cut the veteran player. So it's going to be totally different. But I do anticipate the Cardinals, they really like uh, possibly you know, a handful of guys that are on their roster right now to be part
0: of the practice squad. Well, let's do a little math here. You've got a roster right now at 74. You have to get down to 53. So we subtract. That's 21 players that, for a little while anyway, are going to be losing their job. You can bring back as many as 16 to the practice squad. 16 out of 21. That's a lot, leaving five guys that are going to be told, hey, you know what, we, ju- we just don't have a spot for you right now, uh, but keep your phone handy. Maybe we're calling you later in the season. So that practice squad increase to 16, I think you're going to see a lot of clubs – cardinals uh at retain the top of the their list. own guys just because as you said they know what these players are and without the benefit of preseason without the benefit of any practice footage the cardinals like every other team they're not putting a lot out there for public consumption and now all of a sudden if you see a player get released you're going back to their college tape you're going back to what you've seen them do on the field. Maybe it's a a veteran, but in that case, they have a little bit longer of a resume. But if it's a college-free agent that didn't get drafted or even was drafted and then gets released, you got to ask yourself two questions. One, why did they get released? And then two, what did we think of them going back five, six, seven months ago? And then how do we know that they are still that player? Because if we had them rated highly – and X player or X team released them, uh-oh, do we want them now? Well, I think
1: Steve Kine brought it up. How important is that fourth game? I think when you're looking at the bottom of the roster, I mean, he menaced Dennis Gardeck. I mean, he, you know, Cap Cappy, he he would kill in the preseason, and then the Cardinals didn't feel like he can hold up during the regular season. So those preseason games, and when you go to preseason games, there are other scouts here Um, But, you know, the Cardinals, I I think they really like some of their undrafted free agents. I know they like their rookie class, so it only makes sense. In in any other previous year, you would say the Cardinals are going to be active on the waiver wire. Now, when we all say this, these guys got to clear waivers. But it's going to be a little bit different to where you're going to claim a guy because you saw him play in the third fourth preseason game and you think you can help your team. And if you claim a guy, he's got to be on your roster for at least three weeks so there's no you know, teams hiding and stashing players. So it's a very unusual year, and I'm glad that these guys are getting the reps they did because we know injuries occur. And at some point, you're probably going to have to tap into a practice squad guy. So I don't think it's going to be as fluid as it was. Uh, for an example, like the Raiders today, where uh, we launched, uh, released Prince Amakamura. Now, our team's going to do that because w- you don't want to get wait to Saturday to get released because now um, you got to go on the 53-man roster. So maybe teams are doing a favor to get him out there because you know he can't claims he can play in any system. And if he was available a couple weeks ago, you just wonder how many teams would have interest. But I do think teams are going to try to do some help to veterans before the deadline just to give them an opportunity.
0: Local player as well out of Apollo High School, and there are some times that he's been connected to the Cardinals over the last several years. By my count, MJ, getting back to these undrafted rookie free agents, I have four that are currently still on the roster. Running back Jonathan Ward, wide receiver JoJo Ward, uh, linebacker Reggie Walker, and cornerback Jace Whitaker, the player that probably has garnered the most attention out of those undrafted rookie free agents brought up by Patrick Peterson, and we just had the conversation about what Vance Joseph had to say about him. So four players still right there, and we know over the years the Cardinals have done really well with maintaining those undrafted rookie free agents. It's just, and we've talked about it all offseason, it's going to be so much harder for those players to make the initial week one roster here in 2020.
1: Well, and, and that's why if, if they do go – With four corners, I got to anticipate they're going to try to slide one there. If they go with five or six receivers and only see five dress on game day, I think they're going to probably have two wide receivers on, on the practice squad. And that's just, and, and listen, this is a great opportunity for these young men that didn't have a pro day, that didn't get invited to the Combine. You get to practice every day. You have the, the health benefits. It pays actually pretty well. Um, and the only thing you do is you don't travel to the road games. Usually they're here at home games. And you're just one player away, and it's easier to tap into your practice squad. Now, obviously, the Cardinals didn't have that luxury last year when they went out and made the trade for Kenyon Drake, uh, but they also brought in Alfred Morris and Zach Center, so it's going to be interesting. But I, I think they, you know, going in when you sign 22 undrafted free agents, you know, you, you filter them through, and now we're down
0: to what five or six? You said five? I got four. Four? Uh, if my math is correct, and who knows? But uh, yeah, you're, Give uh, considering you, considering where you started to where you yeah. are right now, with a little over uh, less than a week to go before you have to set your 53.
1: But we look at guys like Trent Sherfield. He made it as an undrafted free on teams. Um, Ezekiel Turner still trying to find his way on defense. He looks much more athletic. I really like him as a depth at inside linebacker. You know, Evan Weaver looks like their draft picks are going to stick. We'll see about Hakeem Butler. It's a numbers game there for Hakeem Butler, you know, based on uh, the way that Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson have performed. And Trent Shurfield, he doesn't get talked about enough. And I know they like some of these undrafted free agents. So it's going to be fascinating. But really, it's a numbers crunch based on no- – normally you take a roster, Craig – and you go 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and then three on special teams. You know, some teams go 26 on defense, 24, because last year the Cardinals only had two tight ends on the active roster to start the season, you know, between Charles Clay and Max Williams, then eventually it evolved in Darrell Daniels and, and Dan Arnold. So usually it's 25, 25, 3 when you make a 53, but sometimes teams will go, uh, you see a team go 23 on defense. Offense and twenty-seven on defense, so it's it's going to be interesting the d- dynamics when the roster
0: gets announced over the weekend. It is a Monday edition of Cards Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we come to you from State Farm Stadium, where the Cardinals are hosting training camp, powered by Cox. And those numbers: do the Cardinals go heavy on offense? Do they go heavy on defense? Or is it a natural split? Cardinals certainly like what they have right now. We had a chance earlier today to hear from offensive line coach Sean Kugler. The one question that we still don't have an answer for, and it was probably one of the top questions asked ahead of training camp, and that is who starts at right tackle. Kelvin Beecham and Justin Murray are right now your top two guys. Josh Jones, the rookie, probably running out of time, and really I don't even know if he was much of a consideration given the number of reps that this team needed to see out of Murray and Beecham and the fact that there just wasn't enough time because of the pandemic and a lack of an off season. But according to Kugler, Beachum quote, transitioned to right tackle remember he's a left tackle naturally but does like the competition between Beacham and Justin Murray because it quote has brought out the best in both of them I know Cliff Kingsbury has been mentioned several times what's the status at right tackle no one is saying right now and we might not get an answer really until next week yeah I mean again I think it's valuable when you bring in a guy like Calvin
1: Beecham, you know, 36 starts at left tackle, team captain for three years. He has experience, but hey, give Justin Murray credit. I mean, worst case scenario, if they decide to go with the veteran guy and in, in Beacham, Murray, to me, could be your swing tackle. I mean, he, he can now obviously he's played on the right side. And according to Kugler, they've been working on at guard. So the more the merit to me, Justin Murray is going to be your first lineman coming off the bench. And, and then Max Garcia. Now, Garcia can play interior. He can play a little guard. He can play a little center. And we talked about dressing eight offensive linemen this year. So where does that other guy come from? Because, you know, you, you got to be able to play multiple positions when you're a rotation guy. And I think Murray fits that profile. I think Max Garcia fits that profile. You know, um, you know I'd have to look at where a little Gilliard is and, and Josh Miles, a little bit younger. But I, I really like what, what Kugler said today. And – You know, I was going to ask the question, but it had already been previously asked, how much better can this unit be in the second year? I think we know how good this offense can be just with the stability. But he thinks at this point from a year ago, they have much more depth on the offensive line. And I think we were all wondering, okay, when Marcus Gilbert opted out, um, the Cardinals were still in a good situation. And, you know, they may keep nine, but I couldn't agree more with him. Um, I think it's more stability. I think it's continuity. And they, they, they do have competition. When that comes to that second unit, you, he felt comfortable saying, if we get an injury, now we know, you know next man up only works at certain spots, but he feels comfortable. Um, obviously, you want to stay healthy, but I couldn't agree more with him. I, I see it, I hear it, and, I, and I'm glad he confirmed it today.
0: And that last point about the second unit, quote, I would have zero problems putting any one of them in the game, ready guarding those second unit guys having to go in to play. You just look at the offensive line where we're at right now, left to right. DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Mason Cole, J.R. Sweezy, and let's, for argument's sake here, throw in Kelvin Beachum. There's your five starters. Now your backups, Justin Murray, Max Garcia. There's seven that you are going to certainly dress on game day, and then the eighth is that Lamont Girard, is that Josh Jones, your rookie. Now, I've just added two names. There's nine. (laughs) And you still got – we haven't talked about Sam Jones. We haven't talked about Brett Toth. I know someone that the Cardinals, at least a year ago, were high on Toth. So, that might be an area, because of the versatility, that might tip something in one guy's favor if you can't play – Outside, inside, and maybe even take some snaps at center.
1: Yeah, Sam Jones. To me, I I think he's done enough. Um, not to, to crack the not top nine or ten. You know, another guy that you could put on the practice squad and develop him. ASU guy, right? Correct. Yeah. So I mean, I. I You know, I think there's a spot for him, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to crack the top nine or ten. But it's a great luxury, and and keep in mind, they did lose their starting right tackle going into the uh, training camp, and that was Marcus Gilbert, but that goes credit to going out and finding Beecham and developing Murray last year. And then, you know, they held on to Max Garcia because he didn't play all last year, but he's getting valuable reps in the interior line. And he's got a veteran experience. Obviously, he played for Kugler in Denver, so they feel comfortable with that. Again, I prefer this, the starting same five play every single down, but we know this is the
0: NFL. It doesn't always happen that way. Garcia did get some snaps on special teams, but to your yeah, point, right. not on the offensive Correct. line. So he missed an entire year as far was as was able putting... to get on the field, though. Exactly. So the Cardinals certainly on paper, and it's those same two words we've been using since this offseason started, on paper. Yes, the offensive line, looks a lot better. Now, nationally, the conversation is always going to come back to how many times Kyler Murray was sacked, and that's going to determine whether you have a good offensive line or a bad offensive line. And over the last couple of days, we've heard from Kyler Murray talking about, yeah, I need to do better. I need to know that I can throw the ball away. I don't need to take as many hits. And, yeah, again, a lot of those sacks were on my shoulders, not on my lineman's shoulders. And it's just a matter of stepping up in the pocket, not stepping back to avoid those negative plays. So if you're looking at the offensive scheme and how this offense, we hope, continues to move forward, it's going to begin and end with how well the offensive line gels.
1: Yeah. And, he, and another thing, and you got to listen to Sean Kugler. He's, 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 no nonsense, you know, obviously he's probably different in the meetings because he expects a lot of these guys, and but he's got their back. Um, you better make sure you know you're talking about him. And he talked about because of the college game and Kingsbury running the football in college, this team still wants to run the football. I think we could fixate it because you had DeAndre Hopkins, and I understand. But we've talked about this, and, you know, teams that run the ball over 30 times a game, they win a lot in the NFL, and then the analytics for people say, well, it's a passing league. Yes, uh, but the run's going to set up the pass in this offense. And so it all starts up front. But, you know, the fact that, you know, Kingsbury relies on Kugler, Steve Hyden, the tight ends coach, James Saxon, the running backs coach, Darren Dewey, and are they going to go with a power scheme? Are they going to go with a zone scheme based on the opponent? So they feel more comfortable. And then having a guy like Kenyon Drake and Chase Evans back there, they feel like this team can line up and run the football. And if teams want to put six in the box, they're going to continue to run. They want to put seven in the box, we're going to throw it.
0: Here's what kugler had to say about kingsbury quote he loves to run the ball and the results show talking about what the team did a year ago and setting a franchise record in terms of yards per carry and finishing number 10 in the run game across the league we've heard dj Humphreys say there's no reason why we can't improve upon those numbers mason cole last week quote in this league you got to run the ball and he also expects this team to push the limits, as he put it, as far as being even better of a running team than they were in 2019.
1: Yeah, I love the confidence, and they showed it. It's not like you know we go, oh, look at five games what they did. This is over the course of the year. Now, like I said, you know last week on uh, Cards Camp Central, I, I think it's going to be hard for Kenyon Drake to average what he did. Um, but again, I I brought up Alvin Kamara. I mean, if he's at four six, I'll take it. You know, you just don't want three three per carry because all of a sudden, you know, you want you want to get some chunk plays. But I I really like the fact that they're they're committed to running the football and that will open up the uh, the passing game. Now, I think Craig going into the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're all kind of sold on the offense and i think we're sold on paper on the defense but this defense is going to have to play up to par if this team's going to win football games this year.
0: Well they have to be much more improved than they were a year ago and it's not all that difficult to take a step two 29th steps to you, know, 15th. you know take gigantic steps forward but as better players better play on paper yes they have certainly made additions in all three levels defensive line linebackers and then the secondary to where they feel very, very good. And even losing someone of a Robert Alford, who a year ago, outside of Patrick Peterson, was probably your best corner in training camp, and then he doesn't see the field at all. Once again, not going to see the field at all here. So that's two straight seasons he's missed. Yet the Cardinals might feel, not that they're better off, but maybe fortunate that they found someone in Dre Kirkpatrick. Yes, he was off the street. Yes, he's coming off injury. But I don't know if it's... A lateral move, I don't know if you can say you've gotten better or you've gotten worse, but it's a lot better having him with what we've seen so far in camp than putting Byron Murphy out there like they had to a year ago.
1: Yeah, you know, I know we always say, well, why was he available? I mean, Logan Ryan's out there. Supposedly he wants over $10 million a year. I mean, there's a reason why. And some guys were waiting for an injury, and I thought they would have been a golden. Uh, Drake or Patrick. I mean, he's played in 99 games. What Drake or Patrick brings is, yes, he had some injuries last year, but body of work, if we look at body of work, Alford had an injury in Atlanta. He's had an injury in back-to-back seasons. I was excited for him. But this guys he started almost 66 or 67 games, and he's familiar. Vance was his position coach in Cincinnati from 2014 to 16. So I think they covered really well there. Now we'll have to wait and see because we know he's going to get targeted. We know that Murphy's going to get targeted. But um, – Drake Patrick, I mean, he's a household name out there. So I, I think they covered very well. Obviously, it's not ideal, but I also think it gives them some flexibility to move Murphy inside, which is he wants to play his natural position. So I think really uh, the parts fell in place for the Cardinals. Now we'll have to wait and see how it performs. Um, but you're getting a veteran guy, familiar with the defense, familiar with the coordinator, and he obviously was excited to come here. And, and I think Kyle wrote about it or Darren that, you know, relationships matter. Relationships matter, and the fact that the Cardinals have had intel when it came to Jordan Phillips with Vance Joseph – Intel, when they were doing free agencies a year ago with Max Garcia, Vance Vance Joseph, obviously in, in Kugler. So it's, it's always good to have relationships around the league. And to me, it could be a perfect match. We'll find out.
0: And that's what Kirkpatrick said over the weekend. He spoke to the media for the first time since his arrival on Sunday. And he said, yeah, teams were calling. He was weighing his options. But he mentioned that that, quote, great relationship with Vance Joseph somewhat tipped it in the favor of the Cardinals. And it's not just the relationship of those two years, MJ. Kirkpatrick mentioned that he has kept in touch with Coach Joseph over the years. A phone call, a text, not all about football. Just he called him a mentor. And I think that speaks a lot to why maybe he was not waiting for the Cardinals to call because you'd never anticipate an injury, but why perhaps even after the Alford injury, there was B.W. Webb brought in. Ken Crawley brought in. And then the third cornerback added was Kirkpatrick, and he might be your starter opposite Patrick Peterson. Yeah,
1: I think, and, and we, you know, besides the starts and the familiarity with Vance, because the Cardinals have added some new wrinkles to that defense, but 6'2, 190, long arms, physical, not afraid to tackle in the open field. So, and when that job became available, he's probably thinking, I'm going to get. I'm going to get some, you know, my hands on some footballs this year because teams are going to either shy away from Patrick Peterson or the quarterback's going to feel pressure. I got to get my number one wide receiver in the offense, so there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Whoever that was going to take that role, but the fact that he's he he's got NFL experience, so to me, some of these other guys have bounced around, he hasn't bounced around. I don't think the light's going to be too big for him. I don't think he's going to have saucers in his eyes when he steps on the field in Santa Clara.
0: Well, he should be fresh, certainly. I mean, having that time to rehab an injury and even extra time to let the entire body recover, and he's got a great mindset. He's certainly confident in his ability, but he was asked specifically about being that number two cornerback, and he said, quote, I'm just here to play. I'm here to compete. Come game one, I will be ready. He's not assuming that he is the guy. Now, it's easy to look and the rest of the cornerbacks on the roster and say, oh, without question, he can be the guy. Well, you do have Byron Murphy, who is certainly more comfortable playing in the slot, but we saw in a pinch, and in case of last year, the entire season, play outside. But if you can go with Patrick Peterson and Drake Kirkpatrick and keep Murphy in the slot, and then utilize whether a Chris Jones or a Kevin Peterson or perhaps down the line an Isaiah Simmons being able to cover someone once he gets comfortable at the NFL game. Now you've got a good rotation, and certainly guys are not being stretched too thin.
1: Yeah, and I know you're talking corners. Uh, I really like the secondary on paper. Now, based on what I watched at Robert Oliver in the last two years, you know, obviously I was excited to see him, but unfortunately it's about availability and durability and unfortunately he works so hard and you know i feel for guys like that just like marcus gilbert last year but cnfl you got to make adjustments but i like their safeties i mean i like Buda baker i like Jalen thompson we'll see about chris banjo um and i i think you know i, I I'm still going to go with it because of Patrick Peterson and the chip on his shoulder. I still think the secondary is going to be their strength, even though they had to find a, a corner opposite of Patrick Peterson and appears to be Kirkpatrick. We'll wait and see when everything becomes official.
0: Well, if it's their strength, that's fine. Then the most improved area of the defense has to be that defensive line and you find a good rotation of five or six guys and then maybe you go a little bit lighter on the defensive line and heavier somewhere else because we've heard Coach Joseph say and you know how do we utilize both a Jordan Hicks, a Devondre Campbell, and Isaiah Simmons as far as linebackers to go along with Chandler Jones and Devon Kennard. That's five. I mean how many times this season do you think MJ we're gonna see? Five linebackers on the field.
1: Well, well, in a three-four, I mean, you're going to see it a lot. The thing is, though, uh, I think they definitely improved. Now, the inside linebacker to me is much better, more athletic, and I'll even throw in Evan Weaver. You know, I we'll see if he's active on game day. He can't trust everyone, but that inside linebacker between Jordan Hicks, Devontae Campbell, you throw in Isaiah Simmons, Ezekiel Turner, Evan Marsh now. So how many do they keep there? And then outside, you know, let's be honest, you got Chandler Jones and you got uh, Devin Kennard and then Hassan Reddick. Does Kylie Fitz get in there? Does Dennis Gardick get in there? Because we know Gardick's going to be on special teams. So when you play a 3-4, you're going to have to go heavy at that position. Now, granted, they all won't dress on game day. So that's going to be interesting. And then D-line, when you go to a 3-4, um, you don't need nine D-linemen. You need seven. And you lo- normally dress six on game day. Um, you know, obviously you got guys like, you know, Corey Peters and Jordan Phillips and Zach Allen. Then you throw in Jonathan Bullard and throw in the two draft picks, Lucky F- Fotua. Uh, and then you throw in Rashard Lawrence. And then, you know, we'll see about guys like Miles uh, Brown and and Michael Dogby. So you know, when you go, when you're playing a 4-3, you got to keep nine here. I think they're going to keep seven. We'll see who those t- top six guys are.
0: Quick update on one of those secondary players, Kentrell Bryce, who had to be carted off the field during the red and white practice. According to Kingsbury, the injury quote does not appear to be as significant end quote as it certainly looked because any time well one anytime a player goes down but anytime the card has to come out and take a player off it is uh not good and if you watch the broadcast of the run white practice on saturday night on 12 news it happened during one of those eno benjamin runs and if you knew where to look you could see his leg kind of get bent and it just it was an awkward he got rolled up a little bit and it's bending the way it's not supposed to bend so certainly it looked a lot more severe than it perhaps was which is good news for someone that the Cardinals added late here in the off-season and is again trying at the safety position to make the roster.
1: Yeah and and, and I like the fact that you know we, we talked about could they address that you know maybe a, a veteran safety but they retain Chris Banjo he's a really good special teams player he got a chance to play on defense late in the year um, when obviously they're kind of down on Deontay Thompson and obviously some injuries. So, yeah, I mean, you just wonder what it's going to look like when they make the 53-man roster. You know, obviously you got to make sure he's healthy, and if you, you know, if he's a guy that obviously you may you may want to keep for a year, then we'll see what what the transaction is. But, you know, they they felt comfortable with Chris Banjo. Now, I do think Deontay Thompson's got to step up. He's he's got to become a better tackler. He's got to communicate a little bit better. Now, the good news is they're not relying on him to be an every-down player, but that's a, that's a work in progress, in my opinion.
0: And Charles Washington as Charles well. Charles Washington. Much that's like Banjo, more of a special teams guy, but certainly trying to get their reps on defense as well.
1: And, and those are the guys they claimed last year, Kevin Peterson. Special teams, Chris Jones. Special teams. You now, Chris Jones was on the roster. I'm glad you mentioned. I always in the locker room. His name is Chuck. So yeah, I always, I, I, I always I, screw I, that <laughs> up when you say Charles Rollins or Charles Washington. And I know who you're talking. About. I'm glad you mentioned him because I think he's really in the same boat as is Chris Banjo.
0: I remember introducing myself to him, talking about Charles uh, Washington in the locker room last year, and he goes, he's kind of stopped me because I prefer Chuck. It's like okay, <laughs> I, then then you're Chuck, but. On the roster, he shows up Charles Charles? Washington. It might, probably. I mean, that's... Typically, how it goes. Michael usually was when I was in
1: trouble. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We should get the Michael Joseph.
0: There you go. You certainly don't want the full name, first, middle, and last. Then you know you're really, really in trouble. Hey, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. A reminder, Cards Camp Central on Tuesday and Thursday of this week and a new start time, 3 p.m. The Cardinals have kind of changed their practice schedule here their last week at State Farm Stadium. So Cards Camp Central powered by Cox with Paul Calvisi hosting on Tuesday. I'll be in that seat on Thursday with Mike Jarecki. Those two shows coming your way on the 3 p.m. on YouTube.
1: Yeah, and it's something new this year we're doing, and great response. Now, I do need to make a correction. When we were talking about Zach Allen, I mentioned he was going into his second year, a third year, where I got confused with him and Mason Cole. So, Zach Allen's going into his second year. Obviously, Steve Kime spoke very highly of him, what he did in college last year after they got him in, in the draft, and so Mason Cole's going into his third year. So I just want to make sure. And one of the listeners pointed out, and he he said he enjoyed the show thoroughly. So another opportunity for us to kind of break the roster down a little bit different format. And Craig does a good job with interviews. You obviously can hear from different uh, you know, players. So it, we really like doing it, and thanks for the great response that we had.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a much different training camp for everyone, and we're trying to provide that uh, unique experience for fans who typically would be out here at State Farm Stadium but unable to attend here in 2020. Real quick, uh, as, as we close up this edition of Cards Cover 2, you talked about the birthday boy Larry Fitzgerald. Outside of a text message, Day, did you get – the man who has everything, anything on this special day, August thirty first.
1: No, I didn't. I, I, you know, I mean, it just gave me a hey. <laughs> first of all, I don't think he needs anything. Um, but no, that, that is al- true. It's always nice. To me, the text was fine, and he got back to me, and he told me I have a great day, and I said, "This is great." I mean, this is Larry Fitzgerald, and you know, he's just—he's just simple Larry. I mean, what's he going to do? He's—I mean, are they going to throw a party for him tonight? Probably not. Um, They're breaking camp, so maybe he's got some plans coming up. But I don't know what you can get Larry Fitzgerald.
0: Brett Hundley did mention that they tried to tackle Fitz at some point during today's practice, which has never happened before. I don't think I've ever seen Fitz tackled outside of, you know, in a game. Has he done that this year? Has he gotten someone this year? Because we
1: we don't see the entire practice. Yeah,
0: that's a good question. Like, would he try to go for Brinson Buckner? Because he's technically the new guy on the coaching staff, even though he's probably got more seniority than anyone else since he was here a couple years ago? That's a good question. I don't know. How does he
1: ID guys like,
0: you know? (laughs) Whoever's the most vulnerable, because they certainly don't want to start tackling him and then getting stopped. You know, like, you know, guys that really probably couldn't get out of their way, so to speak. (laughs) It's just good to know that uh, I have not been on the receiving end of, of one of those and hopefully never will. Well, I will say this, though. everybody threw that ball to me? Uh, you were complaining about how hard it hit your chest, and it's like three weeks later you're still complaining about it. Yeah, Larry's funny. you got to be ready because sometimes he'll throw a ball to you on the side, and he,
1: he threw this ball, and I did it Andy Isabella. I caught it on my chest <laughs> last year, at Andy Isabella, and it really hurt my sternum. I was like, I'm glad I caught it because I would have never heard the end of it. Like, there's a reason why you, you know, hold a – pencil in a reporter's notebook. Well, let's
0: hope you make the improvement that Isabella has made from year one to oh, year two as far as catching the football. Hey, so,
1: Listen, he looks night and day. Just just go to azcardinals.com. They're, they're We'll see because you got to go out there and perform. But I just like where his mindset is when it comes to Isabella.
0: Absolutely. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cards Cover 2.